This is Random Discourse, the podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, for those of you that do not know or are unfamiliar, this is the Random Discourse Sports Podcast. Uh, I'm just going to go with episode four because we lost track so long ago. Now, you know what? We should just say random numbers every time. This is episode 317. Okay, we can go with that. And it might it's be. A, it might be. <laughs> no, I don't think we that far up yet. But, um... It, we, we can go with episode 317. <laughs> but, yeah, today we're going to... Um, is what I like to call the catch-up edition because uh, we haven't... We didn't record the last couple of weeks just for certain reasons. One, I was on... Um, I went out and ventured into the snow to go skiing and uh, just that kind of took up two weeks of time just getting out there and then getting back. So, you know, we usually usually come to you in midweek. I I, I like this Wednesday time, man. I don't know. We were doing Tuesday. You like Wednesdays? Uh, Dude, I like any day. Uh, It's all about, you know, the schedule. But, you know, uh, your Instagram was popping while you was in Utah, though. Your Instagram was popping. <laughs> yeah. But um, just for those of you that do not know, um, I'm Darrington. I'm the host. And uh, as usual, I'm joined with Anton. You can um, find us at our respective, uh, what? Social media outlets. Social me- yeah, social media handles. I'm at Darrington G, and you can find Anton. Where can they, where can they find you at, Anton? Please hit a D. Yeah, and as always, if this is your first time uh, listening in, thank you for tuning in. And if you listen in, if this is your 317th time listening, thank you for uh, sticking with us. For yeah. sure. That's a you know, this- time to listen to me. Yeah, like, this is longer than any relationship I've ever had. Uh, 317 <laughs> conversations. That's usually all I get. Um, but just just so you, you're aware, we do produce a show once a week. Um, and if, if you uh, don't know where to find us, you can find us on iTunes at, at Random Discourse. You can find us on SoundCloud at Random Discourse. Type it in, search it up, you find us. And also, we're, um, where else are we at? Oh, we're on Tidal. Huh? We're not on title. Oh, you want full title? Random discourse? Yeah, we're, no, no, we're on, we're on title. Like, I talked to Jay, and we're on title. Don't worry. You know what I mean? Me and Jay and B, we went out to lunch. Okay. I, I know nothing about that, but okay. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but now we got that out of the way, our, our extended intro out of the way, we, we can go ahead and get into uh, what it is we're going to be talking about. And that's going to be... Um, we're just playing catch up from the NCAA rule changes. You know, I don't know if I don't know how much time I want to spend on Cam Newton, but we are supposed to be talking about that. Jeff Hornacek, I know we covered Jeff uh, a little earlier or late last year. Um, catch up with David Black and that LeBron James perception. You know, Blake Griffin going all Mike Tyson on the um, on his equipment manager slash friend, and just the All Star game, man. Well, selections, okay. you know. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So, might as well get into the NCAA because what both of us are not fans of the NCAA, but it seems as though they they are attempting to try to do the right thing right now with uh, a couple of I shouldn't say a couple, but with three of the rule changes that they just put in place. You know, one allowing the uh, FBS conferences without 12 members to hold conference championship games, and then pushing back the date that men's basketball players must remove their names from the draft um, to 10 days after the combine. And then also allowing, um, you know, students to enter the draft multiple times and at least trying out one time to see where where their uh, stock is held. Um, yeah. We haven't even talked about this, Anton. You know, usually we talk about this offline or whatever before we actually record, but we haven't talked about any of these. So this is uh, some organic conversation we're about to have here about this. Absolutely, man. Because I think the the last two changes in college basketball in particular are 
ridiculously like interesting to me because I think this could change the nature of college basketball. If you're an old school college basketball fan like I am, you, you do appreciate when you have some lineage, you have some name recognition. And this these rule changes may lead to guys coming back because I think we're all in a consensus that thinking that some guys come out thinking that they're going to get drafted way higher than they come out. I'm looking at you, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Well, Rondé Hollis went first round, man. You can't hate on the man. And he's actually playing. He, he's actually carving out a nice niche for himself with on that Nets team. So you can't yeah, hate on him Nets, for right? doing that. You know, he plays for the hmm? Nets, right? You, you do remember he plays for the Nets, right? I mean, he's taking advantage of his opportunity. Yeah, Somebody, sure. I mean, you can't be mad at him for that. I mean, you, if you want to talk about people coming out too early, somebody like, say, let's see, who, who came out and wasn't drafted at all? I mean, that's, yeah, but, that's happened way too many times. Yeah, but, you know, those people weren't going to make it anyway. That's, how that's not necessarily true. I mean, you never know. I, I think it, it's good. What I, I do like the rule changes, but also I think that there has to be a change in culture overall within the NCAA basketball um, as far as this one and done thing. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you might as well just say, hey, either you go straight from high school or you have to stay X amount of years. Two years. Two years, dude. I think two I, years I, I'd be... rather them have it like with, with how college football is. No, college football, where you have to stay until three years removed of your high school graduation. And so yeah. you at least have to get three years in. I mean, by, with three years, you should be able to, if you take full advantage of everything that's given to you, you should be able to graduate, at least leave school with a bachelor's degree in three years. It's with the Dude. amount of help that they playing, give, give playing, these players. Playing D1, playing D1 sports is an absolute monster, you know. From going to a, a huge school like we did, we understand the kind of grind that the athletes go to through. They can't make any money. They are their classes and their class schedules are dictated by their football schedule. It that does not lend to you graduating early, you know. So, I, but you know what? I, I agree with you saying. I agree, but. At the same time, if say you get to school and you're red shirted that first year, I mean you have more time than say somebody that 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 than others. But what about the players that have done it, that that graduated three years and and it's happening more and more in in football right now. And you see it where these kids are being graduate transfers and going to different schools after graduating because they haven't aren't able to get the the playing time at that school or they have this highly rated uh freshman that comes in that's still in playing time or these high rated recruits that are coming in and still in playing time they have to go somewhere else yeah but you're never seeing a neurology major that graduates in three years these are all people that majored in football they front loaded on classes they're not equipped to handle the outside world even though they do have a degree outside of their name and the graduate transfer it's such a small percentage of the overall college, you know, landscape as far as players go. There's there's no way I don't think that this is going to help the top 1% of the players and not uh, something that affects the general population. I mean, the rule changes right now are, are more for the general population and, and not the top one percent of the college college athletes, because that top one percent of college athletes, they're going first round. Uh, if we're talking about basketball, they're going lottery. And if we're talking about football, they're going first, second round. You know, they're they're day one, day two prospects now. And so that this rule change, that rule change doesn't affect them and per se is just pertaining to basketball. It's more so about those tweener kids where scouts know they have talent, but they need to see them in as close to an NBA setting as possible without actually being in the NBA. And that's what the combines and everything are for. And I think you're going with these rule changes, you'll see an increase in a pickup of the actual combine again, because you remember when the combine used to be a big thing, the Portsmouth Invitational and all of that, where the players actually used to come and play. 
except for the, the top 1% of the players. I think yeah. you're going to see that become a, a bigger thing now. I would agree with that. And I, and I hope that that's why I think that those rule changes are going to be most beneficial to the, to the game overall, because the kids will know where they are. They know how they need to improve the next season. If they do come back, they get to come back with a laser like focus because they know what people they want to see from them because they know what part of the game of the game that they already have now, Pat. So I think it'll make for a better game overall. And as a fan, you know, you can say that from one year to the next, you know who's a star in college basketball, which we haven't been able to say for a while. That's true. Well, we've been able to say it, and a lot of them have just been true freshmen coming in where a lot of uh, huge expectations have been placed on their shoulders. And then, then because it seems like once you be, if you aren't leaving after your first year now, it seems like you're a flawed player and that you could never be a good player, which is far from the truth. Draymond Green is proving that right now. He was a four-year college, he was a four-year college basketball player and look at him now, an integral part yeah. of the best team in the NBA. As, absolutely. You know, uh, and I, and I definitely am a, Draymond Green story supporter. So I, I appreciate that. But we won't know until we see a little bit more evidence because if Draymond Green was three years older, Draymond Green wouldn't be in the league. You know, he just, it's one of those things where he was the right player, the right time, the right situation. And, and the league has changed for the better because of it, because one thing the Warriors have, they have a lot of people on their roster that know how to just play basketball, you know, and or learn to play basketball over time. And hopefully we see other teams and get to that way. But now they'll have a better stock of players for certain roles that they can carve out initially. I mean, I, hopefully you see it go back to the way basketball used to be. I would say it just I didn't experience it firsthand, but watching film of it like 70 style basketball where everybody had talent. It wasn't it wasn't. Oh, somebody could just run, a, come out there and just run and jump. And that's all they could do. Everybody could score. Everybody could shoot the ball. Everybody could dribble. Everybody knew how, like you said, knew how to play the game of basketball. And one thing that these kids should, and like you said, you getting told what you need to work on, the NBA community will be able to see now who's able to take instruction and go back and work with it and come back that next year and improve player. So now you don't end up drafting a kid where, okay, we know this kid has potential, now, we told him he needs to work on this, and let's see if he actually goes and does it, because that happens a lot. And these kids end up falling out of the NBA or ending up in um, career D-leaguers. And no, so no. That, that's, that's one thing I'm, 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 I anticipate happening, but, you know, anticipating that happening doesn't always mean that's going to happen. Oh, for sure. You know, but, you know, this is a change in a positive direction. So we have to be cool with that. That's true. I guess um, if we're talking change in a positive direction, do you think the Phoenix Suns think they made the right move in firing – actually firing Jeff Hornet set? Do you do think I it's think? a change in a – do you think that's a change in the positive direction for them? No. Like, Jeff Hornacek was not a problem. The problem in Phoenix is upper management and how they've laid out this team. They've done a poor job drafting Alex Lynn. They've done a poor job getting the right pieces together on, to make RG a legitimate Goodwin, run. <clears throat> Archie Goodwin. And Archie, Archie, Archie Goodwin. It was a solid player, you know. Uh, but they made bad decision upon bad decision. And then to create the, the turmoil that they did with the Morris brothers, which is totally self-inflicted, totally self-inflicted, that I don't think Jeff Hornacek in a microcolumn is the reason why they're in that state of disarray. They've been the worst team in the, uh, in the NBA since December 1st. They rely way too much on Brandon Knight. Big up, South Florida, but 
Brandon he's Knight. hurt now. They're not relying on Brandon Knight at all. Right now, they're no, relying. <laughs> well, I, I get I'm what you're saying. That, yeah, over, overall, that that team was so flawed and the roster so flawed that changes had to be made. That's true. And I agree. I don't think Jeff Hornacek was a problem at all. I mean, it evident it's evident by that two the 13-14 season uh, and that record that they had with that team that he was not the problem. And I agree with you wholeheartedly that upper management was the issue as far as when it comes when it's concerned with the Suns. And namely the GM Ryan McDonough. He was the biggest mm-hmm. problem. Him and him and the owner. You can't get rid of the owner, but you can get rid of your GM. And you mentioned the, the issue with the Morris twins. It wasn't even in it. it you got to go go back before that. What about the issue with Gore Dragic that actually led them to overhaul that roster? That was a pretty good roster. That fin- although they finished ninth, but they won forty eight games and finished ninth. Which was the reason, yeah. and that, that was the same season where everybody was screaming that the NBA needs to overhaul their rules on how teams are seated for the playoffs. Absolutely, man. And so we know that Jeff Hornacek is truly a victim of his own success because upper management did not think that the team was worth a hill of beans that year. And them having the 12th or 13th pick is a lot different in basketball as having a top five, top three pick and having a roster where you think that you're going to be in that range of the top five and then being over 500 and missing the playoffs in the West, you can't expect that from, from a, like from a general management standpoint, but that just shows you, you have a good coach. Like a lot of teams, would love to have Jeff Hornacek on this bench. I I agree. I mean, you're you're not going to uh, get any argument uh, about that for me. I, I'm just interested to see really what happens at the end of the season. Does Robert Sarver end up firing Chris? Um, excuse me, Ryan McDonough because he was unable to put together a successful team and a cohesive unit because this team is a hodgepodge of players right now. I mean, your front, you have a too small front court and you have an unskilled back. I mean, you have a too small back court and an unskilled front court right now. And that signing of over the summer, the signing of Tyson Chandler, just to try to, I don't understand that. How does Tyson Chandler try to lure, um, LaMarcus Aldridge to a team? Well, I think they were banking on the fact that LaMarcus said he wanted to be a four and a four at all costs. So they were saying that if you bring in a true five, a defensive stopper, that may be an attractive fit as a five for LaMarcus. I don't think that was the best plan. Obviously, that plan did not come to fruition, but I see the rationale, although super flawed, absolutely flawed from start to finish. But you, they can't be looking for that lottery ticket, man. You gotta be, you have to build organically when you're the Phoenix Suns. I mean, a big thing with, I agree with that, and also a big thing with the Suns is they've never addressed the largest issue that's. Even when they had Steve Nash that played them as a, as an organization or and a team, and that was their overall defensive play. The what was it? The Suns. I I I I, I think I, I wrote it down. Hold, let me check my notes here. The Suns have the last time the Suns finished above twentieth in defense in the league was the two thousand two two thousand three season. Yes, this- what's that? It was the, the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> That's a long time, right? Yeah, and that was insane. For you to finish consistently at 21st, 23rd, 28th, 29th, 30th in, in defense, what, what do you think is going to happen? I don't care how good of an offense that you have. You're not, you can't just outscore everybody and think you're going to win all your games. Well, that's true, man. Like I, you know, you know, I'm a big believer in certain events change the course of sports history. And Amari getting hurt in that San Antonio series, you remember that series? That was huge, man. Like, 
they may have been the Warriors before the Warriors. You know, so I'm gonna give them a pass for for being horrible because when you had that roster that they had at the time with Amari, Marion, Joe Johnson, Steve Nash, you probably Quentin Richardson. believe Quentin like you probably believe that you can outscore people. You know, well, so, I, I agree. I, but, I, I agree. With when, that. You, when you have the the roster is currently constructed, how do you even believe that? Like you can't you can't even say that with a straight face. It does not pass the smell test. So you know it is what it is. You, I mean, I, I agree. And don't let's not forget when that uh, horrendous series against the Lakers, where who, who um, they ended up suspending. Wasn't it Amari that got suspended for for Game Seven? Over yeah, some see, uh, over for taking one step on the court, see from coming it, off the it, bench. But that's 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 your life if you're like an uh, organization like the Phoenix Suns, the Sacramento Kings. That's your life. You know what I mean? Like you're always like one stupid self-inflicted mistake away from being elite. But that's just what that's that's called professional sports. Uh-huh. That's really <laughs> what it is. But, but I don't know. As as long as Robert Sarver is the the owner of the Suns, I don't think the Suns are going to be a good team. I mean, he had his shot back during the the Steve Nash, Mike D'Antoni, six seconds or less era, but I don't think it's going to happen anymore. Well, unless they get Ben Simmons. Dot dot dot. You know, it's always it's always one of those things that like to be continued. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But as long as Eric Bledsoe can't stay healthy and you got Brandon Knight right there, I mean they should just try to go ahead and give they should blow up the roster and just try all over again. Well the thing is, dude, if this roster isn't blown up, like how bad did your roster have to be like to be blown up? This is a horrible roster. I'm quite sure they could talk, they could call Colangelo and get a first round pick for Brandon Knight, one of those one of the bevy of first round picks for Brandon Knight that the 76ers have. Dude, and from what I've seen from the 76ers, I've seen great things. You know, I know we shouldn't talk about them because of the record, but Ish Smith is balling. Like I mean, it, since since that team is that team is a different team. With since since Colangelo set Sam Hinkie down and was like, "Look, I'm, I'm it's let me come and tutor you on how to do this the right way." You started out right. Now you you seem to got you got a little lost in in step number three. Let me let me let me tutor you and, and figure out what what needs to be done. Yeah. Now, as far as the, I know this is I know I know. Uh, like a lot of this stuff we haven't talked about. You sent me the text message about what I thought about David Black being fired. And I'm kind of torn. And in one instance, I could see it coming. And in another, I'm like, how do you do this to this man? Because for all that the negativity that everybody saw with them and how he wasn't able to shape his roster and kind of gel with the players or be a, a player's coach just yet, they they were winning. They had the best record in the East. They had only lost 11 games. I, I just don't get it. Had you watched them play basketball? I did. They looked very – like the last couple of games that everybody everybody points to, you could tell yeah. they, had got, they had had enough of David Black. Like exactly. I don't know if they if they had enough or if he just wasn't able to communicate properly with them. If he didn't earn their respect, exactly. That's that's the thing. Is it's well known that LeBron did not respect the dude, and this is the NBA. You know, in since nineteen ninety six. Four players have been in the finals. Like it's Shaq, LeBron, Kobe, and like Tim Duncan. It's like, it's Tim, Tim Duncan. Duncan. <laughs> it's like, dude, like if 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 LeBron isn't on board, dude, you're gone. <laughs> and and they play too laissez faire. It was like your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn, and it did not look like a cohesive unit, and they didn't want enough. But and see, like this is to, to have that kind of roster dog and be at 
in the bottom third in pace, that's ridiculous. Like, it, I think part of that is on David Blatt. And, but part of that is on the players because if have you watched any of David Blatt's offenses from in the, the Euro League where he played? His offenses were a thing of beauty. They they looked like the Spurs and how and looked look like the Spurs and Warriors as far as with ball movement. And he never got those players to be able to buy into that. And I mean, a, a lot of that has to do with the egos that he was dealing with. Not only LeBron, where LeBron is always being told that he's the best player in the NBA, even though he might not be the best player in the NBA this season. He might even – there's a there's a strong argument that he's, what, top four player in the NBA. He might be four, but four best he, right he now. Might, he might not – he might be out of the top five this year. Like, yes. But he's LeBron James, and you're in Cleveland. So – his There's respect, a lot of pressure. His, you got to respect this authority. But I mean, <laughs> there's, there, there's a lot of pressure on that whole organization to win a championship now that LeBron and they actually got LeBron to come back. I don't want to say they got him to come back in the sense that, yo, they they recruited him back, but that he actually came back to to the team. And uh-huh. I think that the organization did David Blatt a disservice by not surrounding him with the strongest possible candidates for assistant coaches um, on his roster. So he could, he could have people to fall back on people that, you know, would be like, Hey, this is the general, let's follow the general and get everybody else in line. And I think that's what Ty, that's why they brought Tyron Lou. But instead of getting Tyron Lue to buy into like, hey, get these guys to to follow and do what Black needs them to do and run this offense, because I think this offense would be pretty very work very well with them. They just mm-hmm. allowed allowed the inmates to run the asylum, and that's not cool. And but that's kind of indicative to all Cleveland Cleveland organizations, whether it be the Indians. Mm-hmm. Whether it be the Browns, I mean, yeah, Cle- Cleveland. There's something in the air. We'll put it that way. Uh, Go ahead. I'm just sitting here thinking. Uh, all right, cool. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, they are drinking that Flint water. Like Cleveland is really messed up, but. You have to look at they want to win the title. So Black had to go because he could not beat the elite coaches and the style of play that he got suckered into was not the style of play that's gonna win you games or look impressive against elite teams. And when you have the three talents and Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, and LeBron James, you can't go out there and lay an egg, even though Kyrie was just coming back from an injury. You just cannot lay those kind of eggs and think you're going to stand. I mean, if it was evident in the NBA Finals that David Blatt knew what it was a good enough coach to be able to coach with the the elite coaches. I think the only coach that's probably out-coached him consistently, consistently is Greg Popovich. It's Pop. That's it. He he also got the benefit of LeBron having the 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 greatest four games, first four games in NBA Finals history. Like because the Warriors won, LeBron's Finals is not talked about at all, at all. And it was one of the greatest displays I've ever seen, and you've ever seen. We talked about this as it was going on, but you know, just to like answer a quick question. I think that Paul George at number five has been better than LeBron James this year. Like, dude, like I, I'm looking at it from from a two way street and what Paul. Come George on, man! Stop it! Stop! Stop! Being stop, for real. stop, I know, I'm being for stop! Real. Being for real. Stop! He's played, He's played better. He's played better. He's played better. Like, stop! Dude, I, I'm stop no it. Hate dog. No hate. Dog. I'm not saying I you hate, but just stop. Just I stop. Just stop. I love him. I got stop. I got Boy, that comes to go. That Kabasi ain't getting in your system right now. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but no, 
All right. So tell me this. Do you think LeBron is getting a, a bad rap as far as what everybody was saying when after Black got fired as far as him being, you know, a it was his fault that Black got fired? Or do you think it was a collective effort? Because now even after Black, after they said Black got fired, it came, they were trying to say that LeBron tried to get Eric Spolstra fired and that LeBron is back there pulling the strings like a puppet and telling everybody what to do. I think that in the back of the, the mind with the organization, as far as, you know, what Griffin is concerned, that he is trying to do what will appease LeBron the best. But he has to kind of stop that. And that's that's what happened when during LeBron's first tenure in Cleveland, that everybody tried to do what was going to please LeBron, appease LeBron, and that didn't get him anywhere. And I'm, I, I agree with what I've heard some people say is that, you need a strong figure there to get LeBron to fall in line because if it's like there's a reason you're not the coach. And there's a reason that there aren't more coach players, that, that there aren't any coach players right now because it's a hard thing Is to it? do. This ain't the 50s and 60s where Bill Russell is out there coaching and playing and winning championships because, you know, ain't no he's going against some uh, inferior talent. Okay. I hear you, but go ahead. But, but but you have to look at it's a totality of the circumstance. Mm-hmm. And when and when you have a LeBron James, he's gonna try to wield this kind of power, dude. That's that's just like something that you have to account for. And I think that your point about him having to fall in line, solid, but. You have to get – he has so much leverage because he signed these years, these uh, series of deals for one year, that there's no way you're going to make a decision like the David Black firing without giving him an alert or already knowing his position. They knew his position. On, he didn't get David Black fired, but they already knew his position on David Black. I so agree. When, so that gave them that freedom to go along and get rid of him. Tyron Lue was a, a head coaching candidate for the Bulls out last year. He's a great coach. He came out and did what David Black couldn't do because he has been in the NBA. So he could come out and say, Kyrie, Kevin, you're worried about your brand. You're going RG3 on me. I Stop it. He's able to say, LeBron, pick it up. LeBron gets to go be his passive-aggressive self and put pictures on the gram of him in the gym. Now, you need that. You need that. And David Black did not give, like, any kind of reason to, like, to, like, to, to show fear in LeBron. He, like, LeBron is petty. you got to give him pettiness. You have hey, man. To. I'm just gonna tell you, I'm putting that out. That's gonna be the, the preview right there. That's that was a classic line. <laughs> Let LeBron be his passive aggressive self and put pictures up on the gram of him being in the gym. <laughs> but you know what? You're right, because that was the look, that was the Miami LeBron. I'm I'm in the gym, I'm working out, I'm 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 doing this, I'm doing what I need to do, you know, for the for the good of the team. And one thing he has said, that's the same message he's preached since he's gotten, he's came, he came back to, to the Cavaliers that he needs to do what, what he needs to do for the good of the team. But he didn't have a, I don't, he didn't have a leader he respected enough to follow, to be able to fully um, buy into his own words. You know, it it was of that old adage of do as I say, not as, Excuse me, not as I do. But tell me yeah. this. I, I, I question before before so we can move on from this because you know we get I don't want to get wrapped up in this. Yeah, do you think right. do you think David Black would have been better served as being somebody's top assistant coach, like he almost ended up being with Steve Kerr out in Golden State and then becoming a head coach so he could get some of that clout within with the players in the NBA? Of course. Does not Alvin Gentry have a job? 
Well, I'm a yeah. gentry. So of, 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 of course he would have been better off. Of course he would have been better off being with the Warriors. That's not even a question. I think he would have been better off with the blank slate that he, like, you know, we always talk about the blank slate that he was supposed to take on, which was the Cavs before LeBron wanted to come home. If he was the coach of the Timberwolves, I would be ecstatic. Absolutely ecstatic. Because like, he he can touch somebody who doesn't know the monotony of the NBA schedule yet. But you can't come in there and preach to LeBron, who's been to, at that time, been to five straight, fi- like four straight finals, you know, been at USA Basketball. He's like, dude, you don't even know what you're talking about. And as soon as you have your superstar saying those things, you're done. That's true. All right, so let's talk about uh, Blake. Oh, oh, I, I don't know. What, what is Blake Griffin? What would Blake Griffin's boxing nickname be? Um, hmm. That's a good question. Because, I. Like, but, uh, I don't know. We'll come back to it. I'm going to think about yeah, it. But, yeah, you got to give me something on that one. Is Blake Griffin that guy that puts on a good face, but is really an asshole behind the scenes? Actually, dude, I think he's worse than that. I think he's that dude that, like, he never got picked on. And then as soon as he got picked on, he became a different person. You know, if he didn't, he didn't have any struggles growing up with like social, <laughs> and he gets to the NBA, people push on him. They because he cries a lot. We do know that, but he doesn't handle that well. That's how you get to a point where you punch a dude that's like half your size because he was saying that your team was on a winning streak without you. Not There's once, no other way. but twice. And then you break yeah. your hand. So not only is it not only do you punch punch a team staffer, that's strike one. You break your yeah. hand, that's strike two. And now your teammates are mad at you because you're putting your you you put yourself above the team, which is strike three. So you you just you just struck out in 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 one one quick scenario right there over somebody saying something. What, what's the, don't they say yeah. sticks and stones may break my bones, but words should never hurt me? Yeah, that's true. But you know how things get heated. That and that is no uh, it, it, it was alcohol involved. But my thing I want to oh, know is how did you not know about uh, how is there no video of this? How do you oh. not how how did this not come out till a couple of days later? Like he has to be a that has to be a really good friend for him for that in not LA. to come out. In LA. No, they were in, in Toronto. LA. Oh, they were in then, Toronto. Dude, no, they didn't. Obviously, they were at what, what they were yeah. at. Uh, what's, what's that one restaurant Blake, Drake be, always be rapping around? Dude. So, 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 or 4040, uh, uh, not 4040, oh, 40, 40, that's JD. Like, you know, you got your rappers mixed up, <laughs> you know, no boo, no boo. But, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, but Blake, yeah. Blake, Blake but, looks but like then, but then Blake, Blake. That team is imploding. You know, not even. No, nah, they're not imploding. Say, they're not imploding. They just don't they, need Blake they, Griffin they right now. They're not. They're, I mean, they've only lost three games. They're not a contender. Okay, we, but everybody knew they weren't a contender. Everybody knew they weren't a contender. You, you, well, you can't be five deep. No, no one told them. I, I think that's a that's a Doc Rivers issue, though. More so than than anybody else's because doc is the gm too well he's not the gm but he has put he put that roster he, together he 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 held it together like having blake deandre and chris he came up on that you know it's like that yeah he's been a horrible gm that lance and that josh Mills, those signings have been great well he traded josh cool. but like those are the things that, like he did to himself but I mean, the late, getting, the getting Blake, who's who's who was a person that was giving too much by the league too soon. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, but he, I don't think he was giving too much. He came out, he performed well. Uh, as far as endorsements, he's a very, he's a very uh, 
likable person or was a very likable person until he started beating up on midgets. And, he, and he's playing some of the best ball of his career. Like, he really is. I mean, and but this is the thing. The Clippers don't beat any team in the West without Blake Griffin in a seven-game series. Any team. They don't even beat the, the, the Sacramento Kings if they had to play the Sacramento Kings in a seven-game series without Blake Griffin. I don't know, man. What if, like, J.J. Reddick goes all Duke, J.J. Reddick, and it's just over? You know, it's like, I don't know. But, like, I'm being a little facetious. But at the same time, you have to understand that, like, they're no closer than the Phoenix Suns are close. Like, <laughs> in all actuality. I agree. They're, it's 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 the Spurs, the Warriors, and the Thunder, and then there's everybody else in the West right now. That's yeah. legit how it is. And, like, I don't care what you say. is it, 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 Barring catastrophic injury to somebody, uh, to the to the Suns, uh, not the Suns. Like, see, you got me thinking the Suns. <laughs> to, the <Warriors. laughs> to the Warriors, like, say, a la, uh, Steph Curry going down. I mean, that's, yeah. that's it. But I think a good point has been made that because we've seen the Thunder kind of come on, I don't think the Spurs can beat the Thunder, I mean, the Warriors, but I do think the Thunder might have a chance to beat the Warriors. I think the Thunder can beat the Warriors, especially now that Billy D is starting to embrace that small ball, and he's the second coach in the NBA that's really, if you if you watch the Thunder play, he's really tinkered with small ball lineups and, try, and, and tinkered with his lineups to try to figure out what he has and who can play with who. Because, I mean, he's got a very deep team. All those, a lot of his bench players are flawed, but they're deep and they do at least one thing above average to great. Yeah, and and I and I agree with that because they they have a lot of solid people that like by themselves they are a problem in like five to seven minutes stints, and that's how the Warriors are built up. Like you get five to seven minutes if you're on, yo, go do your work. Right, the way they do it with play the way they do it with Sean Livingston sometimes. Well, Sean Livingston more. comes in and picks on any point. If you put put a point guard on him, he takes him to the to the to the post and picks on him. He hits that little ten yeah. foot jumper right over yeah. the top of him. And I mean, he give him, the, he give him that old Mark Jackson game. Like, no, like that's what I love about Sean Livingston. It's like that's that's my favorite part of watching Sean Livingston play basketball. He reminds because he reminds me of your favorite basketball player ever of all time of all time. <laughs> dog. Like, like Mark Jackson was nasty. Dog, like, and that and, hey, and folks, that's not a joke. That is true. That is a true statement. <laughs> true. Statement. Anton's favorite basketball player of all time oh, is Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson. Like, no oh, and if no you've ever seen him on the court playing, he plays <laughs> like Mark Jackson. See, now he will take you. He will right. get that ball. He will drip. He will back you down in the post. I'm going to the post, baby. I'm going to the post. And then he tries to shoot a little hook shot, a little floater, a little something. He gets no. right over you. That's Mark Jackson. I was efficiency before they had like analytics. Uh, don't don't get don't 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 talk about my game. My game was real. <laughs> but and I, oh, and I see the same thing with the Thunder, man. Like because Cameron Murray can ball. Enos Cantor is a problem on the offensive end for like five, like Murray, like um the dude, the first rounder, Cameron, uh, uh Payne, Payne, Cameron Payne, like, Cameron Payne. I, like he went to Murray State. Yes, I think. okay, I, I know okay. what you're talking about, right. Cameron Murray. Yeah, he's a problem. <laughs> and in in short stints, Enos Cameron is Enos Cantor. Like, he's have, very good. Enos Cantor. But you have a lot of different situations that they can put you in. And that's why I like the Thunder's chances of beating the Warriors. Because Enos Cantor will do work on Draymond Green. Like he and, will do work. Have you seen have you seen their uh they've been um <clears throat> experimenting with Cantor shooting corner threes and playing him and Steven Adams at, at the same time? That's gonna be a problem. Now, I can tell you that's going to be a very big problem. And then, like, I mean, as long as the, the the Thunder can beat the Warriors as long as they can get Russ to play uh, solid defense and not 
gamble so much. Because when Russ starts to gamble, that def- their defense falls all the way apart. And Russ is out there like Russ a with his head cut off. Russ lazy. Russ lazy on the defense end. Like, and he came into the league as a defensive stopper. I'm going to tell you, Russ is not – you can't – you can never use that sentence that Russ is lazy. Russ is never okay, lazy. Okay, on the, on the defensive end, more than lazy? No, he's not lazy at all on the defensive end. He's just undisciplined. He is. He plays very undisciplined on the defensive end. He doesn't play lazily. He gets caught reaching, which then causes the team to scramble. But he hustles to to try to close back out. It's just that you've already started the dominoes to tumbling, and it's too late when he does that. True, true, true. I'll agree with that. But I don't know. But we we get to find out. We get to find out what type of team the Thunder or the Thunder are because they have games. They they play what the the Warriors and the Cavs four times coming up in the next month, I believe. We'll it, see. It are, we'll see. Yeah, so we'll see. But tell me this: we'll I, I, awesome. even though we're, we're we're off track, no, we're we're off track. I got one question before we go to the All Star. Do you think the okay. Do you think Methuselah Tim Duncan is that important for the Spurs? Because have you seen what type of team they are without him on the just on the defensive end? Because this offense is it's it's non-existent. But on yeah. the defensive end, I, I think I think this year that he's important from the standpoint that it's a it's a torch passing year, and he will his importance will not even be in question until you're in the second round of the playoffs. So right now. I can't judge Tim Duncan's contribution to the team because that team and their current makeup, they're going to be where they're going to be. The way that uh, Tony Parker is resurging, the way that Kawhi, although diminishing, has been an MVP caliber kind of person, the way that LaMarcus has stepped in and been a lesser player as far as what you expect from LaMarcus, but he seems better you know you just like look at him less judgingly i look at him less judgingly on the spurs because I I, i'm just like, mad he, he you know what he's not playing anywhere he's not rebounding at all well it's not, no, he was never an aggressive rebounder he was never an aggressive rebounder. but i mean he would at least grab eight nine rebounds uh a night maybe 10 right now he's averaging what five six rebounds come on man you six foot eleven you six foot eleven. You can't. You mean to tell me he can't grab more than five rebounds? No, because he sauces his drugstore cotton. Like he's always been soft. He's okay. always been the soft dude. You know oh, I mean? that that's reminds why me. come into you. his place, and that's why Dame Lillard was able to come into his city and take his city over because he's soft. Did you see the clip of Raja Bell about what he said? What about him calling Blake Griffin soft? Roger, well, CBS, like CBS Sports has this, uh, has a, a basketball breakdown show with some cat. I don't know who the cat is, but Rick, Rip Hamilton and Rajah Bell were on there talking about this. And the question was asked, what, what do you think? Do you think uh, Blake Griffin is soft? Rick was like, ah, I don't know. Uh, it, dancing around the question. Rajah Bell was like, yes, he's soft. And see, the guy, see, like, but then. Roger also tried Kobe. You know what I mean? Like, so Roger, like, hold on. Roger didn't try Kobe. Didn't Roger give Kobe that two-piece? He didn't give Kobe the two-piece. Okay. But, like, <laughs> but like is Blake Griffin soft yet? Well, all right. That, we, don't, is we don't need to we don't person, need. Is Roger Bell the person to say this? No. Yes. Yes. Yes, he is. No, like, he, okay. Like why is it why isn't he the person if, to say this? If you who told should, who me should come out and say Thompson it? of the Sacramento Kings like said Blake Griffin was soft, then I will be like, okay, there's somebody who banged with him. Raja Bell, somebody who annoyed people that like were bigger than him and knew that they had something to lose if they fought him, is not somebody who I'm going to respect. They're like calling somebody soft. It's like, dude, I'm not fighting you because I like, do. You're not important. You know, it's but, like 
know, that is a good point. Roger was always yeah. about that life, though. He was yeah. always about that life. He, hey, he was like Doug Christie's wife. Always about that life. <laughs> All right, let's go on. All right, let's go on to the uh, All Star. All right, so did you did you get a chance to look at the All Star selections? And um, who do you? Think? I've been browsing through them. I've been browsing through them. Who like, do you think got snubbed? Like truly got snubbed, not could have got snubbed, but truly got snubbed. Dude, I only think there's think, one person that got snubbed out of everybody. I mean, that's just me. Who? Your boy. Dog. And the thing is, dog, like Dame missed a lot of games. He missed a lot of games. But like, but Dame hasn't missed uh, that many games. But tell wait. me this. Do you know the last point guard to not be voted into the All-Star game that was in the top 10 in both points and assists? Uh, Isaiah Thomas. Wrong. Kyle Lowry. Wrong. It wasn't Kyle Lowry. The last to be in, but you remember, the kicker is to be in the top 10 in both points and assists. Okay. In the league. So who am I missing here? Because... It must be something that's really like obvious. <laughs> I'm trying to look at the rosters right now. I'm trying to pull it up. Nah, it, it's not obvious. That that's why I asked. That's like a trivia oh, question. Okay. Um, it, it it took me like 25 minutes to 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 go through all the stats, break down point guards, and and see who was in the top right, ten. Top, top ten. Top now 10 you have points. to. And and the season, yeah, in the first half of the season, basically before the All Star game, and not make the All Star game, and you'll never get it. It has to be somebody like having a year like Isaiah Thomas right now. Um, no, I'm, I'm no, I. I wish I had more time because I think I could get this. But go ahead. What what year? What year was it? 90-91. I'll give you that. I'll give you the year. Mahmoud Abdul Road. No, it was not Chris Jackson. Uh, hey man, like dog, like I'm gonna tell you this. <laughs> hey, ahead. but you had the right team. You had the, the right team. It was on the Nuggets. It was Michael Adams. Michael Adams was averaging 25. (laughs) Michael Adams, exactly. Michael Adams averaged 25 points and 12 assists the first half of the season. He ended up averaging over 25 points and 10 assists the whole season, but was not voted to the All-Star game. They felt so bad for the man that they didn't vote him to the All-Star game in 90-91 that they voted him him in when he didn't deserve it in 91 and 92 after he signed the contract, after he left the Nuggets and went and played for the Wizards. That's 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 the ultimate my bad, bro. I mean, that's like that's really a my bad, bro. Like the the man was set at the time he was third in assist in the league and seventh in scoring and didn't make it. And mm-hmm. that's almost similar to Dame. Dame is what seventh in the he was last well, last I checked he was like seventh in the in the league and um <clears throat> and like seventh and seventh as far as. What it goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, record has nothing to do with it. I mean, you, you your record you have no control over in some aspects because basketball is a team game. If you go out there and and do what you're supposed to do and you're playing at a high level, your peers should support you for that. And yeah, that, that's sure. what happened. But no, what but happened like, and, and and I think that did happen. Yeah. Uh but when, when I'm looking at also like, I mean, there's a lot of players that are playing at, that are playing at a higher level than expected. Like, say Paul Gasol, he's playing at a higher than expected level for the Bulls. You know, I didn't think Paul was going to have the kind of season that he has had thus far. I know uh, Jay was saying that uh, the that Kimball Walker should have got in, but I don't know. Kimball is. I I I I like Kimball, but I don't know. I'm I'm not upset that he didn't get in over some of the players that got in above him. Uh, maybe Wait. Isaiah Thomas. I, maybe he could have got in over no, Isaiah. No, Thomas. no, 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 dude, dog. Do, do oh, not dude. give me a line. Did I strike? Did I, 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 I touch the nerve? Struck a court. because like Isaiah Thomas has been an absolute baller. Like, in if he wasn't his size, dog, 
Isaiah Thomas would make at least five million dollars more per season if he was not his height. That's the ultimate. Hold on, hold on. you know what? You know what's going on right now. If for those of you that don't know Anton, he he's getting in his feelings about height. That's what it's about. No, he's right. getting in his feelings well, no, about height. No, no, That's this no. is what this is stemming from. It has nothing to no. do with Isaiah Thomas as a basketball player. It has no. everything to do with Anton being under six foot tall. No, 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 no. Like, and and I think I think you discrediting Isaiah Thomas's case for making more money is like classic um tall syndrome. Like, no, I'm I not discredit. I'm not. Not once did I say Isaiah Thomas was a bad basketball player. Not once did I say he doesn't deserve to be paid. Not I didn't say that. I just said that okay. you are on Isaiah Thomas's job right now because you are a tiny man and he is a tiny man. You know what, man? That's disputable. Like we're gonna, like we're gonna, we're, we're not, we're not gonna go there right now because, like, I'll get into like too many like stats and like the average human population is average. This, you know, that's not something I want to go to. <laughs> but when I'm when I'm looking at this, he totally deserves his all star spot. Like he does. Totally. And I, I, I forget. I, 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 and I told you he was gonna make the all star team. You did. So, and, and, you did. And I'm not saying, but see, this is the thing. I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve his spot. I'm saying if Kimba Walker, it, 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 I could see it being a toss up between Kimba and Isaiah Thomas. And they're like, okay, let's give it to Isaiah because his team record is better. And, and that's what it came down to. Absolutely. And, and I think and if, if the Hornets had a better team record, Kimba would have probably been in and Isaiah would have been home since. For sure, hey, for sure. You think Demarcus is yeah, going to perform but, well in the uh, skills competition? Who? Demarcus Cousins. He's going to be in the skills competition. No, hey, dude, that's going to bring me so much joy. Like the Demarcus, Demarcus Cousins being in the skills competition is going to be great. Uh, dude, I'm looking for Devin Booker to win this three point contest. You know, he's falling, falling, falling. He's what? Is any yeah. the youngest player in the NBA right now? He is the, the younger player in the NBA and he looks like a better Clay Thompson. Like he's not period. as big as Clay. But no, he has but he, he has he looks, that Clay he looks like a better player. He looks like oh yeah he, he does like, look like a better player. I, I think he'd gonna, end up being a better player than Clay because he has he can handle the ball a little bit better. We're definitely gonna go on a tangent. Like okay well let's let's not do that. We'll save that for hey for put another, a pin in that and next podcast we'll go over that. From all star snubs Dude, you really can't complain about people being outside of the all-star game because there there's certain players that are just kind of interchangeable at a certain What about DeAndre point. Jordan? Uh DeAndre Jordan is absolutely critical, but like he has be- he's a person that is perceived to be dependent on his point guard. It's like Tyson Chandler making the all-star game. Like, you're like, yeah, his numbers and his defensive efficiency support it, but is he really relying on Chris Paul for everything? You know? So I think that's why DeAndre Jordan gets, like, kind of left off. I was more so in the fact that through the first half of the season, like, first first 30, 35 games, Rajon Rondo was absolutely an all-star, you know? I mean, Rachel, if it, I'm going to tell you this. If it wasn't for Rajon Rondo, this nobody would be talking about the Kings making the playoffs. Nobody. Because they wouldn't be making the playoffs if it wasn't for Rajon Rondo. And yeah. Rajon is – Rajon, I don't know – the Kings would be silly if they keep that team as it is to get rid of Rajon because Rajon has an excellent chemistry with Boogie, and he's getting Boogie to play some, some of the best – actually the best basketball he has ever played. Yeah. To, to go back to the earlier conversation, being a small dude that has, like, tall friends, sometimes y'all need somebody smaller to, like, tell y'all ass off and be like, well, you know what? He can't whoop my ass. And if he's telling me this, it must mean something. <laughs> so, so, like, that's what Rajon provided for Rudy Gay. But the problem is Rudy Gay. But the problem is Rudy Gay. Like, yeah, people are oh, telling me this because they're trying me. They're like, dude, like, I really need to improve on this. So, man, you, you're bringing, you're bringing a tears to my eyes
Rudy Gay. Okay, like, yes. And a team with Rudy Gay is not going anywhere. Like, absolutely anywhere. But this is, the, and that's the problem. You, you can't. <coughs> Yeah, you had me laughing, man. Okay, see, so you can't get rid of Rudy Gay, you can't get rid of Demarcus Cousins, and you can't get rid of Rajon Rondo because if you get rid of one of those three, the other two will stop playing. They'll shut down. They'll they'll they'll, 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 they'll be like three year olds getting in trouble, or when you're trying to get them to do something, they'll just shut down completely. Yeah, and then you're sure. back to, to playing. Then you'll probably have the worst team in the NBA. So that is what it is. Are we gonna talk Cam Newton? Do you even want to talk Cam Newton? Like no, and we'll this talk whole about race Cam thing. No Monday. We'll talk about Cam Newton on Monday. Because like I, I really, I, talk about, I just want to come on here and be like, kill a guy, kill a guy, kill a guy. Kill a guy. No, like <laughs> yes. I, have to, I have to though. I I need to. Hey, we. Hey. But like this storyline in the Super Bowl, it. I I, I, be I don't think they have anything sides. better. To, they don't have anything better to talk about right now. Like they, they the 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 dude, the, dude, the storyline. You got Peyton Manning getting. Like to get his John Elway on, like Peyton Manning could actually ride off into the sunset after 18 months of people dogging him. Like, dude, like this could actually happen. So I, I really, I, I am anti Peyton Manning. I hope Peyton. I, I'm, I'm, see, I'm Team see, Eli on this. I'm Team Eli. I hope he don't win. I, I want to have something to t- to hold over the head of my big, bro- my big brother. I got. Look, you see these? You see these? How many of these you got? Oh, you ain't got this many, do you? Yeah, but then Peyton just say how much money you got. Oh, don't worry I'm about still... it. I'll wait. I'll wait. You know. Hey, you know what? They they're almost comparable in money, so that's know, that, that's I not even the conversation. I agree that Peyton's gonna take the L. I feel that, but come on, oh, man. If, are if, you are you all if, for the feel good story right now? If 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 Cam doesn't win, like that's the best alternative imaginable. To me. So, so, so you're going feel good story. That's that's what it is, Mister Mister. I would, I would I'll prefer always... Cam to win. You know I'm a Cam fan. You know what? I'm a big Cam fan, and I've been preaching Cam MVP at week four. This like at week four. So that's not you know. I, I hope they don't they don't try to to stick it to Cam and give the the MVP to like somebody like Harson Palmer. Oh, dude, they're gonna give the MVP to the free safety of the Carolina Panthers. It's not going to be Cam. But I can I can tell you one thing I will predict from this game is that Cam is going to rush for 100 yards. That's my prediction for – that's my only prediction for the Super Bowl, that Cam is going to rush for 100 yards. And let me tell you why. Because the Denver defense, and Vaughn Miller especially, he does not do well in stunts. He does great in rush arounds. And that's gonna give Cam the draw. Cam's gonna rush for 100 yards. That zone read is gonna kill him. And that's uh, I can I I agree. That zone read is going to kill Von Miller and Demarcus Ware on the outside because all all they do is pin their ears back. They're not great. Um, I don't I don't think Cam. They're not reading reacting people. They're they're like they know where they want to go. They're they're not great run defenders. They're not great run defenders. That's why they rely yeah. on those three up front. But three, you can it when you go three on five. Eh. And, and the thing is, last time Cam played him, played them, he didn't have though. Like Cam came into his own. He swag is on a million right now. It's like he's like he's out here flexing like he Drake right now. Like he's, he's like he's they're they're both too big for their britches and. And I and I something but the spread is way too high. So if I'm a betting man and you see Carolina by six and a half, dude, I'm taking the Broncos all day. I'll take them all day. Based off points. I don't think I don't think uh Carolina's gonna come out here and blow the Broncos out, but you know no. what? They just may because that's what they've been doing to every team in the playoffs thus far. Although but they've the had is, you, don't don't test Wade Phillips, dog. Wade Phillips is like the the North Turner on defense, dog. Like he is going to come in prepared. That defense will be prepared, but because of Cam's ability, I don't care how well you can cover when you're Chris Harris and Akeem Talib. When you have to cover for ten seconds, nobody is very good. But this is the thing. 
nobody it's not like you're you're hitting a regular quarterback that that that's the thing cam newton is not your regular quarterback cam newton is a creative player he's the creative player he is he literally is. Oh, how, what do you want your quarterback to look like? Oh, my quarterback is 6'5", 250, and he can run and run a pass. Full three. Mm-hmm. Run a full three. <laughs> right, that's, so it's going to be a great game, but I think it's going to be close. I would probably take the under if I was Ben, and I'm definitely taking the Broncos on the spread, bro. And, like, I didn't know they had, like, this extra cushion in Vegas where they give you extra five points if you take it like less of like more of a risk on your money. Dude, like the spread's like eleven and a half for the, the Panthers. Dude, you take that all day. With that defense, oh, no. you take that all day. Peyton Manning has already showed you what he does against elite defenses in the Super Bowl. Well the, he's an older game manager now. So you know that boy said that boy got a noodle arm. We'll, like, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it on the next episode, dog. We'll that boy's going to be out there throwing ducks. It's going to be like that. You know, then, then, then maybe Josh Norman is going to be the MVP of the ball. <laughs> Josh Norman going to be out there with his luchador mask on. Dude, that, that was ridiculous. Like, I'm not even – see, you, you're about to start me on something. <laughs> All right, don't, don't, don't blame that on me. Don't blame that on me. You you've been trying to start some since we got since we started recording. So don't put that on me. Don't put that evil I'm on just me. Out here Bobby. Hold on, hold on. Okay, so before we before we go, go ahead and leave the people with the national average height of of men in in these are United States of America. Go ahead and hit them with that because I know you've been waiting to do it. I see that vein creasing in your head. Go ahead. Uh, five, go seven, ahead. One, four. 510-104 is the like the national average. You know, being a person that's above that, you know, I, I understand people's like problems with the, <laughs> the national average, right? But that's just what it is. So but the thing is they don't understand the importance that we have to society, dog. Because like who would check y'all? You know what I mean? Like y'all would just get in fights. You know what I mean? You taller people just getting fat fights because you would think that somebody trying you. You know, it comes to us to keep the peace. So, you know what? And and that right there was Anton's <laughs> contribution <laughs> to the end that of the show. That was the only contribution of the day. <laughs> All right. I... <laughs> you know what? Hey, but uh, <clears throat> I thank everybody for uh, listening. If, if you made it this far and you didn't laugh, then there's something wrong with you, not us. George is still better than Braun, by the way. Just like this year, yeah. Hey, okay. Man, hey. You know hey, what? Yo, Nobody's hey, listening to him. Yo, hit me. Hey, you know what? I, I thank everybody for media. tuning in to, to the Random Discourse Sports Podcast. <laughs> you can find Anton at Please Say the D. You can find me at Darrington G. Um, uh, we do have the Random Discourse uh, Twitter as well and Instagram. Also, uh, you can find the uh, this show and others on iTunes and SoundCloud as well. So if you want to go back and listen to our other takes on sports, our opinions, because we're not really out here firing off hot takes, are we? No, like I just like to talk. 